good evening even, who knows. The global event, we're excited having, to have everyone here today. We're excited to have Madeline Mann for this session. It's gonna be value packed. And we're gonna dive in in just a second. I just wanna let everyone know that as we go along, if you have any uh, Q&A, any questions that come up, we're gonna try to leave a few minutes at the end of the session, at the end of this half hour to, to answer those. Um, so we'll just keep, keep those towards the end of the session. Now I'm gonna go ahead and take a time, dive right in. I'm really, really excited to welcome Madeline Mann to Supercharger Career Event. She's the founder of Self Made Millennial, an award winning career coaching empire with an insider knowledge as an HR and recruiting leader. She's got a YouTube channel, TikTok channel with hundreds of thousands of followers, especially if you're actively looking for a job. She is a person to be following on a daily basis on her channels. So, welcome, Madeline. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So I want to take a step back here in terms of the secrets to crush the, to the secrets to crush the interview. What tips do you have about letting go of the pressure? Because I think we get worked up in our head so often. You got the interview, you're excited, and then you're nervous, and then you're worried, and then you're spinning in your head about what's how it's going to go. And how can you help people just relax and let go of the pressure? So one of the things that I noticed that actually really shoots a lot of job seekers in the foot when they go into the interview is they see the interview as a bit of an interrogation and also a bit adversarial of this person is trying to disqualify me. And there's a bit of a dynamic there. And really what you want to do is you want to go into the interview making it almost as if you already have the job and then you're a consultant trying to figure out what is what is what is the problem that they need solved and what are some of the ways that you could help solve it and what then comes across is you're very inquisitive you're very curious um and you're kind of on the same side of the table as the other person discussing what's happening and really showing your your interest in the business and so i think that's huge now the other piece of making sure that you are not nervous ahead of time is Preparation. People think that you're just born confident. No, confidence comes from doing things ahead of time and practicing and all those things. So if you're going into the interview without having done sincere research on the people who are interviewing you, on the business and on the industry, then you are going in so much colder, so much more nervous than if you came in as someone who is well-informed. That's great advice. So what have you learned? What did you learn? Have you learned over the years working on the other side of the process? You mentioned some some tips right there, which is being prepared. But what are some of those sort of behind the scenes insider tips and and insights and perspectives in particular that the people, because they are people, they're not these like these scary uh, supernatural people who are giving you the the, 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 the drill uh, with this interview process, they're just other people, right. Who also wake up in the morning and have, you know, have their own struggles. And so what, what are some tips on what it's like to be the person who is interviewing the candidate and how can that help someone who is, who is taking the interview? Okay. Joel, I'm going to tell you something that a lot of people don't realize about your interviewers. And that is whether they have had 10 months of interview experience or 10 years, a lot of them 
are not very good at interviewing. And they might think that they are, but they likely did not prepare very well for this interview. And so what that person is really hoping for is that you are going to come and basically package the information they need to make you say, yes, this is the right person. Know that interviewers, when you walk into that interview room or or metaphorically walk into that Zoom room, their biggest hope is that you are the person they want. They want to end this interview process as as humanly possible. So they're actually rooting for you. But the problem is you are not good at articulating your value. You are giving them distracting details about your background. You're telling your whole life story. Um, You don't know which examples to choose from. You haven't done your research ahead of time. And so if you can be, if you don't have an interviewer who's, who's helping to guide you to the right answers, which usually you don't, you need to guide yourself there and you need to guide them there. And so that is where I talk a lot. And this is what I really teach my clients is really curving the interview, guiding the interview in the right way. And that's not that you're controlling the interview. Actually, the interviewer never realizes you're doing this. They just think that this is the greatest interview of, their, of the day and it makes all the difference. Yeah, it's really that mindset overall of taking charge and being totally in the driver's seat and responsibility of your experience rather than sitting back and seeing that person interviewing you as, as the teacher who's going to kind of take the lead and and corral you. It's like, no, the opposite. You're going to take the lead and you are going to make, you're going to create value and signal value to them because you are taking charge, because you are steering the conversation. That's like a meta signal that you'll be sending in addition to the actual nuts and bolts of what you say. Um, So I'm really curious about this dichotomy or this balance between being yourself in an interview versus saying what you think they might want. I think this is a, a balance that and a struggle people might experience where they want to you know, maintain their self-integrity, their self-authenticity, but also there's an element of, well, this company might have this expectation or there's this particular role I'm trying to go for. And so you know, on one hand, it's really valuable to just be radically authentic because then if it's not a good fit, well, then it's not a good fit. So you want to sort of be true, completely uh, grounded in who you are. And almost see the, the interview as a chance to interview them and see if it's a good fit for you. It's, it, it is a two-way street after all. On the other hand, there's that element of, well, I want to you know, show that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking from their perspective and I'm going to be able to fulfill this particular role. So how do you strike that balance with that sense of being yourself versus saying what you think they might want for this particular position? Man, this is a really nuanced question. And this is why it's tough to give blanket career advice, right? Which is why I love working with with clients um, because I want to answer both sides because you're absolutely right. There's two sides to this that are both important. So the first side is if you're hyper agreeable with everything, you you say, oh, I'm I'm good at everything. I can do anything. I can do any job. I'm really open up to any role. Um, Yeah, I like your company. Yeah companies will feel like they don't know you by the end of the interview. And I've seen this so many times as, as a human resources leader, if someone is just really, you can just tell that they're kind of like a yes man, yes woman. Um, they feel like, okay, but what do you not like doing? Okay. What, what are some of the things that you're really, that are, you're really passionate about? Like there's just no, there's no oscillation. And so they end up just thinking, I can't trust this person. So you're absolutely right. Coming in with a vision and what, what I do with my clients is I work with them on what I call one-page career vision, 
where they have like these standards of exactly what role they want next and what type of company, what are the values that they're holding there. And what's really cool is that when you're very clear about those, the companies actually start to sell you on the opportunity and they start to rise to your standards. So having that is really important. But let's talk about the other side because I have other people who are maybe a little bit too, it's almost like this attitude of, you know, impress me, you know, I'm just going to be authentic. I'm just going to be straightforward when really people hire people who they like. And when you're in the interview process, again, it's not this adversarial, um, you know, well, I'm not going to spend time on that project because I've, I'm busy, you know, whatever it is we need to do, you know, we need to balance it out to where we also are understanding what the company's looking for. For example, Let's say you ask me, where do you see yourself in five years? Let's say in five years, I see myself opening a coffee shop. Like that's just the truth of the matter is that that's my true dream. Would I be authentic in that moment and tell you that? No, I wouldn't. I would focus more on the skills I want to build over the next few years. Um, the, what I want to be known for in my industry, like these different things that are our competencies and, and areas of growth. Um, and so you have to also understand that there's certain things that you, you really want to make sure that you are understanding where the company's coming from, not necessarily shooting yourself in the foot from being too authentic and almost like also too high on your horse. Um, but really more thinking about it as, let me understand what they're looking for. Let me be direct about what I want, but also let me be flexible in uh, and and kind of cushioning in my language so that I'm not coming across as like harsh or or domineering. Yeah, I think that flexibility really matches in with the authenticity. Where I like to make a distinction between sort of being honest, fully honest, versus authentic. Where there's a slight distinction where honest, like the, the answer to the question where you want to be in five years, the exact honest answer might be build a coffee shop. But the authentic answer, which is taking into account the context you are in, which is you are interviewing for this particular role that you want. So you can choose to, to volley back to them and frame your answers in a way that's, that's um, meeting that context and in, in creating value for, for their needs. And so and I think that goes back to what you're talking about with earlier about the framing and steering the conversation where... I think a, a big mindset people get stuck in is that when they get asked a question, they think I must answer exactly what they asked. No, they're literally just playing tennis with you. They're volleying the, the serve to you. And now it's your chance. If you want to do forehand or backhand or whatever, you have the freedom and the power to respond in any given way and, and frame and steer the conversation. That is so true. I think and that's one of the things that I really work with my clients on is realizing how much power you actually have in the interview. So if your entire interview strategy is I'm going to memorize the top interview questions and just go in and answer people's questions to the best of my ability, that is not a winning strategy. You need to go in with a message, with a mission and be working because, yeah, exactly. They're just tossing a question over. They got that question off the Internet. OK, it's not mm -hmm. some some sort of like well thought out question. Of course, sometimes it's like, it's truly, it's truly like a, a, Hey, can you solve this problem type question? But even those types of questions, you don't have to just go ahead and solve the problem. You can ask more questions. You can explore it more with them. Like there's, there's, I think we create all of these barriers and boundaries. We think we can't bring notes into interviews. You should 
if you're walking into an interview without notes and taking notes, you are so far away from what an interview is. So just making sure that, yeah, you're, you're showing up like a business person and not like someone taking a school test. Yeah. I love that last point where, again, we kind of, we kind of grow up, we go to school and, and the teacher asks us a question and you, you're taught to think that there is a one specific answer. And when we're truly in our power, we're not seeing the company as the teacher the authority. You're seeing as another person. Again, it's a two-way street. So in a sense, yeah, you interviewing them or you're seeing if it's a good fit for you. Yeah. You're, you're framing the questions to, and you're creating value and you're, you're being in that authentic um, mindset we just talked about. But yeah, there's so much freedom and potential. So I'm curious to like um, break down some potential interview questions that are those 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 big ones in particular that people get hung up on. And we'll kind of go down a, a list of a few here and you can tell me, A, how you would actually answer that and, you know, in a sample answer, B, what pitfalls people people can fall into and what what to do instead. So let's start with with the age old one. You have a whole you have a whole YouTube video about actually many questions on interviews that people can check out. But the age-old question to start the interview is tell me about yourself. What do you do? So this one is so important because it's asked in nearly every interview. I know once I interviewed at a company, did an on-site interview at four back-to-back interviews, every single person asked me this question. It's like, you have my resume, you have the notes from the people who have interviewed me many times before in your company, but yet you still ask me. So what's so important here is these people are context switching and they are just thinking, okay, you know, I've maybe interviewed other people today, or I was just in another meeting. They're literally like, who are you? Can you just like, tell me some things while I'm looking at your resume to help me get acquainted so that we can get into the real questions and emphasis on the real questions. Tell me about yourself is not the main event yet. I've interviewed so many people who, when I ask them, you know, I don't, I I never really ask, tell me about yourself, but um, if there's anything about like their background or whatnot, like they'll, they'll make it the main event, five, 10, 15 minutes. So what you want to do here is you first want to give like an overarching statement of the type of professional you are. So I'm, you know, a human resources leader um, who, you know, works at growth stage companies in the technology industry, something like that, right? Um, Just kind of frame yourself as whatever you are just to get them acquainted. Then I want you to walk through some, some highlights of your background that are important to the role. I cannot emphasize that sentence enough. It's not just about what you think is cool about yourself. It's about what are some of these key things and typically giving examples of, you know, at my previous company, I built X, Y, and Z training programs. I helped to hire X number of people, blah, blah, blah. So you're just kind of giving some, some examples of things that are relevant to this role and then wrap it up um, by really talking about why this role that you're interviewing for right now is the right next step in your career. And this is a really great way to to round it out because companies want people who want them. And for you to clearly spell out about how what you just talked about yourself connects perfectly to this next role, that is going to make them want you more. Um, I also, I put this worksheet on the front page of my website as well, madelineman.com. People absolutely love like working through this and there's like examples and stuff. So in case people want something like that, that's on the front page of madelineman.com. But it really like just all of that was about two minutes. That's about a two minute answer. Yeah. Which is the answer you just gave right now, two minutes. And I love that emphasis you give on concise answers especially with that first question, because people can just ramble and ramble, ramble about their life story. It's like, no, what is the context framing 
the specific examples about how that's going to affect this role. I'm curious about that. Like we, what type of examples would, we, would be helpful in terms of, I'm sure, giving you know, concrete data about, you know, you increased revenue at this percentage in this way, or as well as perhaps framing the, the skills, hard, hard skills and soft skills that you might have developed in, in previous experience. How, how, what are some tips for, for framing those previous experiences? I think what so many of us are taught, and this is the whole reason why I even start, I started my YouTube channel because just the career advice I was seeing out there was so outdated and no one's really talking about this enough was so many of us go into interviews and on a resume and we say things like, I'm an innovative leader who's collaborative um, and I'm really hardworking and I really love to, to solve tough problems. Basically everything I just said, like that's all just fluffy garbage. Like don't, don't say those things. How do you, how do you do it instead? You give specific examples, right? If I want to show that I am a problem solver, I would say something like, you know, uh, the business had a big morale problem. We were losing employees. And so what I did is I designed X, you know, survey to understand why things I came up with Z um, insights and I implemented A, B, and C programs, which ultimately led, uh, you know, resulted in increasing morale, um, retaining more than ninety-five percent of our employees over six six months, and leading us to be able to grow, you know, employees x now uh, x amount. So you don't, I didn't have to tell you I'm a problem solver. You just know I'm a problem solver, and that's what when we're talking about soft skills, it's all a show don't tell mentality. Um, I don't need to tell you, Hey, Joel, I'm a great communicator. No. Like, why don't I show, why don't I tell you about how I've been able to persuade top executives to invest time and money into certain programs that have been instrumental and and strategic in the company's success. That's a great communicator. Um, so I think it's really about just taking a step back and realizing that. And what's I, what I talk about is so many people have, I just syndrome. Where it's like, well, Madeline, I just helped on that, or I just, I was just part of that team, or, or I just did this one small piece, or I just did that and I wasn't even paid for it. And I think we need to get out of that mentality because there's so much, and this is what I do with my coaching program is I talk about finding the glory in your story is I'm like, you are amazing. You are currently downplaying yourself and you're sitting in the bottle and you can't read the label. You are too close to your own experience to understand the value and so sometimes you need a framework or someone else looking at your experience to basically tell it back to you so that you actually see those, those nuggets of gold. I love that. If there's one thing people take from this session, it's show, don't tell, show, don't tell. And also to not downplay your previous experience. The, 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 the restaurant you worked at, even working at Wendy's, you learned skills, customer service, soft skills, tell stories about how you brought a smile to a customer's face. Show, tell stories. People connect through stories. We have a, a great video on our top videos page on Career Hackers about tell your story, not your status. Don't just say what, but say, but demonstrate how through stories. Okay, so I really want to get to this next uh, common interview question that people probably like freak out about a little bit, which is what are your weaknesses? And how can you respond to that? How do you volley back to that one while being genuine, being honest, but also framing it in in a healthy way and not framing it like, oh, I just work too hard. Like that's like the classic like anti or the opposite uh, direction on the pendulum. What are some healthy, like true um, constructive ways to answer that one? 
I work too hard. I, I care too much. I'm a perfectionist. Like all of these ones that are just total baloney. Um, yeah. So essentially what you want to do here is this is a, this is a reasonable question. I don't know. I don't think all of the, the top interview questions are reasonable. I, I'm not a fan of tell me about yourself. Um, but I do think what are your weaknesses is reasonable for this reason, Joel. Um, we as managers and as people who are building teams, we want to design teams where we are helping to play to people's strengths and um, in some ways shield them from their weaknesses or help to build them up in those ways. And so it is really fair. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And so it, it is helpful information. So what you want to do is you want to give a real weakness. Now, when I say real weakness, it kind of goes back to the authenticity thing where where we don't want to give something that would actually be fundamentally detrimental to the role. So let's say I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, going for a sales person role. And let's say, maybe I say like, I get really intimidated by hopping on the phone with someone new. Okay. That is detrimental to the role. Like you cannot say you're going to lose the job hands down. Um, so you can't say that, but you have to focus on things that are actually weaknesses of yours but talk about how you are building that into a strength. So, um, so let's, let's give an example. So something like, um, you know, I, uh, I've, I'm really, I get really focused in, um, the details and, you know, I, I, I've been really focused on like, you know, basically maybe you could talk about how, how you've been looking to get more big picture and strategic and how, or, or, or here's a good one that I, I hear people talk about sometimes is, they typically will like kind of go into a hole and do a lot of work without, you know, really asking for a ton of help and how they've been learning to ask for more help. And you can just walk through the steps of what you've been doing, um, of, of how you've been, you know, expanding. And then when I, once I started to integrate more people from my team, I realized that it's not that I was putting them out or, or being, uh, you know, Put, making annoying them or, or putting more on their plate that they actually enjoyed contributing to this and really helped me. And it was a more collaborative process. So that's what I've been really building towards. You know, whatever it is, you still want it to be authentic, but you want it to really truly show. And also sometimes you'll ask the question of like, what do you really not like enjoy doing in your role? And you can sometimes be authentic with that. When I was interviewing, I'd say if more than my HR role is more than 50% administrative, I am going to lose motivation because I'm very like strategic culture based, like building projects, like, like really getting out there, um, working with people. So I can do the administrative side. I'm very good at it, but if it's more than 50% of my time, it will start to deplete my energy. So you can also be honest about things like that, um, in a way that, uh, actually then starts to get them to sell you on the role. If the role is actually a good match. Yeah, again, it's that fine line where you don't want to sh- shoot yourself in the foot, but it also could be playing your favor if you have that that vulnerability about admitting that you have you're working on something, and then they they then you're signaling that you're a real person and you're you're willing to be open and you're leaning into those situations in the workplace. Um, so yeah, it's almost like if having instead of what are your weaknesses, frame it as what are you working on right now, where it's not just this fixed thing. I'm weak. Period. No, you're going to signal that growth mindset. And I'm noticing this part of me needs, um, you know, some, 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 some growth. And so I'm going to frame the answer in a way that is showcasing what I am doing right now to move the needle forward. Okay. So everyone in the audience, if you have any questions, now's the time. 
to, to pop those in the chat. Um, while we're waiting for, for those to come in, I'm gonna ask this last one. Actually, let's do this. How would you help people with the, the element of the interview where you're asking questions of the company? Obviously, you wanna be prepared with that. You wanna have specific questions. Are there any pitfalls when it comes to that uh, leg? Obviously, if you don't have any questions to ask, you gotta, yes, that's the main pitfall to avoid. But what tips do you have on, on the, the, the last leg of the interview when, when they ask you to ask questions? Yeah. I, you know, I give my clients so many lists of questions that they can ask and all that stuff. Um, and, and really what it comes down to is, is again, that preparation um, is those questions can inspire them, but it really, your questions should be consultative. They should be um, really focused on the opportunity, very curiosity based. Um, and I think that I think it's fine to ask, you know, what are the next steps and that kind of stuff. But that question's for, that's just, be, just, that's just for information. No one's going to be impressed by you asking that question. I don't think it's bad to ask it, but it's, it's, you should be really inquisitive. And I can't tell you, Joel, how many times I've seen a hiring manager walk out of an interview and I go, how does it go? And they go, oh my gosh, that person asked such good questions. That is what they say. They don't say this person answered great questions. They ask great questions. So you really, you know, diving into like, okay, what are the different aspects of the strategy and what's the different aspects of this technology? And I was reading about how in the industry, this is a focus and blah, blah, blah. Those things really show that you have really settled into the role, settled into the industry and are, are intellectually curious and um, are the type of person where if they hired you the next day, you've already been asking questions where you could start creating a plan where you could start, you know, diving into a lot of this stuff versus, oh, you know, what's your favorite part of your job? You know, that that's a fine question, but again, it's, you can do better. Yeah, the curiosity piece is, is so key. And if you actually learn, turn inward, every interview I've done, I just look inward and say, what am I actually curious about? I've researched the company. What am I interested in? Huh, I'm curious about this. You genuinely turn to true curiosity, then you're going to have a good chance to have that person walk away saying they ask interesting questions, they ask good questions. Okay, so we'll just get one uh, question here from Jordan. What would you, how would you volley back to someone who might ask you like a really a personal question where you might not feel comfortable with it or any like any of those types of situations where you might feel on the spot, how are ways to volley back? Mm, yeah, any illegal or extremely personal questions. Um, so if it's, if it is illegal or extremely personal, which is typically something, um, religion based, uh, are you married? What's your age? Um, you know, what country are you from? What's your sexual orientation? All those types of things. Um, what's your health status? Um, all those things, what you can say, here's a sentence you can use is, oh yeah, I'm happy to provide any pertinent personal information once an offer is presented. Because honestly, some of that information you will present when an offer is presented. You have to present, you know, your social security number and um, your on your tax information. It will say if you're married or or, or whatnot. So um, you can just say that. And um, and if they press on, you go, oh, you know, I haven't ever heard of someone needing that information. Like, how how will this information be used? Like, you just really coming at it with curiosity. I found a lot of interviewers who ask these things actually are. Not all the time, but they're actually very, um, they mean well. They just kind of forget or they're not properly trained that they should not be asking that. So if you kind of present it with curiosity, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, any, anything personal like that, I can absolutely provide. 
once an offer is presented. Um, it kind of puts them in the check of like, oh, wait, that was really personal. Okay. You know, gets them back on track. Good stuff. Okay. Well, we're up on time here, y'all. And I want to give Madeline a chance to, to share more about how um, you might be able to work with her and what resources she has on her website and her company. So tell us more, Madeline. Absolutely. So you can just go over to MadelineMann.com. Um, on the front page of my website, I just have like free email templates. Um, you know, uh, the tell me about yourself worksheet, LinkedIn help, um, and also some free classes. So if you're looking to work on your, your resume, I have a free resume masterclass that'll walk you through, um, how to completely transform your resume so that you are actually landing, um, lots more interviews and all that. And if you want to work with me, if you want to be a client, I had, you have a group coaching program called standout job search. And so you can find more on my website as well, madelineman.com. Good stuff. Madeline, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us these nuts and bolts, these fiery answers. So much more stuff on your YouTube channel as well and TikTok. And it's really entertaining stuff. She's really well, Madeline's really well uh, creative and um, engaging in her videos. So check that out. Thanks everyone for joining us in this session. And we will see you at the next one. Thanks so much again. <laughs>